Glad you came back to church tonight, and uh, we'll be back in Romans chapter 12 again tonight, Romans chapter 12. This morning, of course, we read, we'll read the same text tonight as we read this morning. We looked at one verse this morning uh, in detail. We'll look at one other verse in detail tonight, Romans chapter 12. Read with me beginning in verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let's pray together tonight. Father, thank you again that you give us the opportunity to live here in a country where we can join together freely to worship you, to read from your word, and to study your word. And Father, may we never take that for granted. Father, I pray that you'd be with us tonight as we look back into this text. And Father, you know the message that you have for us tonight, and I pray that we'd hear that message, that we'd receive it in our hearts and we'd apply it to our lives and go with us as we depart from this place uh, here in a little while so that we can apply this and, and uh, live in the way that's well-pleasing to you. And ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning, of course, we focused on that very first verse we read, Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. That's what the Apostle Paul said that we should do if we want to behave like a Christian. Those three things wrap up and encompass the other 22 directives that are in that passage of Scripture. Remember, we said there's 25 directives in verses 9 through 21. They all encompass in those first three from verse 9. Look at a few of what those other directives are as we just kind of scan through the text. He says, be kindly affectionate to one another. Now, we, we understand what that means, right? Be kindly affectionate to one another. Be nice to each other. He says down there in verse 12, he says, continue steadfastly, in prayer. I think we get that. We understand what that means. We go on distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who mourn. These are directives. These are commands from the Apostle Paul to the Christians at Rome and to us today as we read this and we get that. He goes over here as we go on over in verse uh, 16. Do not set your mind on high things. 
live a life of humility. He says there in verse 17, repay no one, evil for evil. Now these are without any type of, of uh, qualification. He doesn't say if you wake up in the morning and you're feeling good, be kindly affectionate to one another. He doesn't say, you know, if you don't have anything else going on today, attend to the needs of the saints. None of those are qualified. He says these are the things that you do when you behave like a Christian. And then we get down to verse 18. Verse 18 is qualified. Verse 18 says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men, with all people. That's what we want to look at in a little greater detail tonight. This qualified directive, the directive with a little bit extra there, is what we're going to look at tonight. Look at what he says. He doesn't say you have to live at peace with all men. He says if it's possible, as much as depends on you. So look at that. If it's possible, the wording of this directive tells me that the Apostle Paul knew that it's just not possible to live at peace with everybody. It's just not. That's human nature. It's the fact that we live in a fallen world, in a fallen society. Sin rules the world. It really does. And that's where we live. And the fact that that's the case means that not everybody's going to live at peace with one another. Believe it or not, I don't know if you can believe this, okay? This certainly doesn't happen in Washington. But not everybody in the world wants to get along. Did you know that? There's some folks that just don't want to get along with others. There's some folks who just don't want to live at peace with others. So sometimes it's not possible. But there's a very important piece of information that we need to know as we look at this whole block of text. You see, in verses 10 through 16... Paul was telling them how they, uh, their relationships with other Christians ought to act, ought to, ought to take place. And then as you look at verses 17 through 21, he's talking about the Christians' relationships with those outside the church, with those who are not saved. And so as he says, if possible, as much as depends on you live peaceably with all men, in other words, you might not be able to live peaceably with everybody, Never is he talking about two Christians. That's not what this means. You, you know, you might say, well, there's this guy that I go to church with. He goes to the same church as me, or maybe he goes to another church. He's a Christian. He claims to be a Christian. I just can't get along with him. Uh-uh. No, he's an LSU fan, right? <laughs> I know I'd get an amen today one way or another. Just can't get along with him. We see that's not what Paul's talking about. He's not talking about two Christians and say, if it's possible. Because if two people are really saved, it's not only entirely possible, it's, a, it's required that they live at peace. As we look at, uh, look at another couple passages of Scripture in 1 Corinthians, a few pages over, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The apostle here is writing, he's been writing about spiritual gifts, he's been talking about the church, he's describing it as a body, and talking about the different body parts that make up the body of Christ. And 
uh, as we get down uh, to verse uh, 23 and, and so that we get the entire sentence. He says, and those members of the body which we think, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 23, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor and our, and our uh, representable parts uh, have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. Here's where we pick up. But God composed the body. Did you get that part? That's a very important part. God composed the body, having given greater honor to, the, to that part which lacks it. Listen to this. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. It says God composed the body of Christ in such a way that there should be no problem between the members. Never, ever. The members ought to always live at peace with one another because that's the way God put the body together. And then if you look over in Matthew chapter 5, we got a bunch of red letters. We have the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 verse 21 Jesus says, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore... If you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. So Jesus says that two saved people, your brother in Christ, your sister in Christ, two saved people need to work out their differences before their worship can ever be acceptable to God. It is never okay for two saved people to not live in peace with one another. So we get back to Romans chapter 12, and when Paul says, if it's possible, he's talking about a relationship between a saved person and an unsaved person. If it's possible, live at peace with those who are not saved. We'll never win them to Jesus if we don't live at peace with them. But those who are unsaved may not have any interest in living at peace with those who are saved. And peace requires the agreement of both parties. The Holy Spirit's not controlling the unsaved person. The Holy Spirit should be controlling the saved person. By its very definition, a peaceful relationship can't be one-sided. So what responsibility do we have? If, as much as it's possible, let me start that over. If it's possible, as much as depends on you. I got all the words, I just didn't get them in the right order. What responsibility do we have? If it's possible, our responsibility is to do everything we can, as much as it depends on you. Our responsibility is to make sure that our side of the relationship is right. You see, here's what it boils down to. 
the unsaved person, their side of the relationship is not our responsibility. It is our responsibility, as Jesus said, to let our light so shine before men that they see our good works and glorify the Father in heaven. Our life should point them to Christ, but their side of the equation is ultimately between them and God. It's not our place to fix their attitude. It's not our place to fix their side of the equation. John MacArthur said this, he says, short of compromising God's truth and standards, we should be willing to go to great lengths to build peaceful bridges to those who hate us and harm us. Now that's foreign to a lot of people. You say, those people hate me. I don't want anything to do with them. Paul said, as much as it depends on you, live peacefully with them. We need to go to great lengths. That means sometimes we might have to give up something we really want. We might have to give up uh, or be willing to lose an argument. Boy, isn't that difficult for some of us. Speaking of myself, listen to this. I'm getting amens all over the house tonight. <laughs> LSU and losing arguments. I'm going to write this down, save it for the future. In Romans chapter 14, you don't have to turn there, but in Romans chapter 14, Paul was discussing the fact that sometimes our actions can be stumbling blocks to others. You see, it's there in that text that he's discussing the fact that the Old Testament ceremonial laws no longer applied as they had to do with dietary restrictions and that the, the Christians, those, those Jews who had become saved, well, they were free to, to set aside those dietary restrictions and they could eat foods that were previously uh, banned by the Old Testament, by the Jewish ceremonial laws. And so in that text, uh, in, in chapter 14, uh, verse 19, Paul says, Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by, uh, the things by which uh, one may edify the other. Paul said, in, in chapter 14, he said, look, you have the right to eat those things. But if you eat those things and it causes strife between you and these other people, then don't exercise your right to eat those things. Do the things that build up. Do the things that edify one another. So to put another way, just because we have the right to do something doesn't mean it's right to do it. Now, that's really hard to say to a group of Americans, right? I mean, we love our rights. we got a whole list of them, right? The Bill of Rights. We love our rights. We love the fact that we have the right to freedom of speech. I can say whatever I want to because i got freedom of speech, right? I mean, I've been there, done that. But when exercising that freedom causes friction between us and others, we've crossed the line that Paul's talking about. We've crossed that line. Then we're no longer doing everything we can to live at peace with others. Let me tell you, I'm preaching to myself all day long. Sometimes we have to make sacrifices. Sometimes we have to give up our rights. I say give them up. It's set them aside temporarily. We're not giving up anything. We're just choosing not to exercise it. Sometimes we have to choose not to exercise our rights in order to fulfill our commitment as a Christian. 
We'll put this into perspective in Romans chapter 5. You know this passage of scripture. In Romans chapter 5, it says in verse 8, But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So follow me here. What Paul says is that before we were saved, when we were just sinners, before we were sinners saved by grace, when we were just sinners, we're the enemies of God. An unsaved person is the enemy of God. That's what Paul said. And so God, doing everything that's possible, as much as it depended upon God to live peaceably with us, he sacrificed his only begotten son. That's, that's what God was willing to sacrifice. As much as it depended upon God, he gave Jesus to be the sacrifice for us. God hasn't asked us to lay down our lives in order to live at peace with anybody. And when we look at things in that perspective, choosing not to exercise our constitutional rights to free speech or choosing uh, not to do other things that we are perfectly right in doing in order that we can have peace with others, well, that doesn't look so bad. God hasn't asked us to sacrifice life. He's just asked us to do everything we can to live peacefully with others. And that's the last thing we'll look at. What does it mean? Live peaceably with all men, with all people. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, the writer of Hebrews says, pursue peace with all people. He says, pursue peace. That means it's not something that's just going to happen. That's an action. That's something, when you're pursuing something, that's vigorous effort. Have you ever seen a police chase? You ever seen a foot pursuit? Boy, the, the police officers, they're not just, you know, there goes the criminal running off and the police are, oh, there's lollygagging around. Oh, we'll catch up with you. No, well, you see, a, I mean, you see these on TV. Maybe you've seen one in real life. I hope you've never participated in one since we don't have any law enforcement officers in the room. But if you've ever seen it, those law enforcement officers, they're putting forth all the effort they have to catch the criminal. That's what a pursuit looks like. And the writer of Hebrews says, pursue peace with all people. Put forth all the effort you can. This is not something you're just going to lollygag around and do. This takes all your effort. When looking at the witness of the New Testament, as much as it depends upon you, must mean that we need to actively pursue peace. This part of the equation, as we looked at all of these requirements, all of these directives that Paul put out in Romans chapter 12, as we said, verse 18 is completely unqualified in this part of it. It's qualified in that if, if it's possible, but then this last part's unqualified. He doesn't say live at peace with the people you like. He doesn't say live at peace with the people 
we look like. He doesn't say live at peace with the people of the same political party. He doesn't say live at peace with the people who are of the same national origin or who speak the same language. He doesn't say be at peace with people of the same religion. He says if it's possible, as much as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all people. Pursue peace with all people. But what if I do everything in my power and the other person, the other group, decides they don't want to live peaceably with me? Peace can't happen. So what do I do? Nothing. Nothing. You do all you can to live peaceably. They don't want to anymore. You let go. Keep reading in Romans chapter 12, verse 19. He says, don't avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. I've got written right below that. I will repay. I drew a line and I wrote, let God handle it. They don't want to live peaceably. Let God handle it. But then what do you do? We want to do something, right? Oh, Paul knows that, so he just kept on quoting the Psalms. He says, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And we read that, putting coals of fire on their head. Yeah, if they won't live peacefully with me, we'll just burn them to death, won't we? We will just get them. Well, that's not what he means at all. And boy, we just, we were feeling good about ourselves for just a minute. But you know, I've heard, I've heard this interpreted several different ways. And as I was reading for this tonight, and I was reading in, in a MacArthur commentary, he says that this is in reference to an ancient Egyptian custom, where if a person wanted to show public contrition, they walked around with a pan on their head full of hot coals. And the coals representing the burning pain of their shame and their guilt. Boy, I'm glad we don't have to do that today. And so what Paul's saying is that when we love our enemies, even though they continue their attacks, we do everything we can to live peacefully with them, and they continue their attacks, and we continue to love them, and they continue their attacks. What Paul says is when we continue to love them and we continue to, on our part to try to live at peace with them, it brings shame on them for their actions. But our job never changes. Love without hypocrisy. Flee from evil. Cling to what is good. And as much as it depends upon you, as much as it depends upon me, Live peaceably with everybody. Is there anything before we go? If not, if you'll stand and we'll be dismissed with a word of prayer. I'm thankful you came to church today. And I hope you'll come back Wednesday night for our adult Bible study and our youth Bible study. And I've been having good groups in both of those. And as we're dismissed with a word of prayer, Brother Clayton, would you dismiss us, please, sir?